Welcome to the WP Builds Podcast, bringing you the latest news from the WordPress community. Now, welcome your hosts, David Wormsley and Nathan Wrigley. Hello there and welcome to the WP Builds Podcast once more. This is episode number 98, entitled Carrie Dills Talks About Why She Loves WordPress and How You Can Use It. It was published on Thursday, the 18th of October, 2018. My name's Nathan Wrigley from pictureandword.co.uk, a small web development agency based in the north of England. And we won't have David Wormsley today because, as I've said before, we're going to a system where... We do episodes with David and then we do episodes where we have an interview and obviously we've got the great Carrie Dills on today, so no David, sadly. However, we do have some other things to mention before the podcast begins and that is please, 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 if you're feeling like you get any benefit from these podcasts whatsoever, we'd very much, very much like you to go and share it around, you know, use your Facebook feed or Twitter or whatever it is and in order to help you do that, there are buttons underneath the podcast player. We are very, very much keen to get people to give us uh, reviews on iTunes, and we've had lots of those in the past, and it's very, very helpful indeed. So please go and use those buttons. If you look along the top of the website, we've got a whole bunch of buttons. We've got the subscribe button, and you can subscribe to us on Facebook Messenger, follow us on YouTube, where we put all of this content out. We've also got a Slack channel and so on. We've not got any webinars, but if you keep an eye on the webinars page, we're probably going to have some lined up soon. Um, The giveaways page, well, my goodness me, what can I say about this? I'm going to keep plugging it until it kills me. Over at the giveaways page, if you go to wpbuilds.com forward slash 100, you can find the quite good giveaway, as we're ironically calling it, where we've got a whole bunch of stuff to give away, 180 plus WordPress plugins, themes and courses from just about everybody in the WordPress space. We've got Elementor, Beaver Builder, ACF, Astra. Uh, We've got Zach Gordon's courses. We've got Schema Pro, Project Huddle. Um, WP Security Audit, Facet WP, WP Ultimo, Unstoppable Courses by Erin Flynn, Client Portal, Missing Letter, W Office, Spark Chart, Kanban for WP, The Breezy Page Builder, Power Pack, WP Fomify. And honestly, I could go on. I'm about halfway down the page. So seriously, check it out and be really um really good to give those prizes away and the plan at the moment is we're going to give it away in a live webinar on the 1st of November so you've got about two weeks from the date of this before you before you have to get your entries in and the more you share it the more chances you've got of winning so yes uh, the only other thing I suppose I need to mention is mention is the deals page if you go to wpbuilds.com forward slash deals you can get money off Beaver Team Pro, Erin Flynn Courses, Main WP, Blog Vault, Malcare, Toolset, all the licenses, and Block Party. So there we go. That's my little bit of housekeeping done. So now I'll talk a very small amount about what's going on in the podcast today. We have got 
Carrie Dills, who ever since I started looking into WordPress a number of years ago, was right at the top of my radar of somebody that I really looked out to whenever I wanted to find out new things. She's a prodigious producer of content. She blogs, she makes podcasts, she's got a child, she's got well, a variety of child themes. She produces loads of courses. In other words, she's super busy in the WordPress space, live speaker and everything else. So I was really pleased to have her on the podcast today. And we talk around those things, you know, how is it you keep those things going for so long? What is it that keeps you motivated? What are you working on now? And what do you think about Gutenberg and the future of WordPress? And she answers though all of those questions for us today. So I would commend this to you. The only thing I would say is that we recorded this at probably, I don't know, maybe eight weeks or so ago now. And some of the stuff that we mentioned about Gutenberg might be a little bit out of date because the timeline has shifted so remarkably in that time. But nevertheless, I think most of it makes absolute perfect sense. Okay, so thank you. And I hope you enjoy this week's podcast. See you again for the news on Monday. Hello there. Thank you for getting to the interview part of the podcast once again. Today, all the way from Texas in the United States of America, if you didn't know, is Carrie Dills. Hello, Carrie. Hello, Nathan. Thanks for having me. You are very welcome. Now, um, those of you that have listened to the podcast for any length of time will know that I haven't been using WordPress for a very, very large amount of time, possibly, possibly getting towards three years now, I would say. When I got into WordPress, uh, you know, you squirrel around and you try to find people who can teach you things and ways to do things. And Carrie, along with a couple of other people, uh, was my sort of go-to source for all sorts of things, online marketing and just about everything else. Um, so I guess my first question, Carrie, is how long have you been in the WordPress community doing WordPressy things? Hmm, I, um, I need to get the exact date out but I think it's about five or six years and like you I had a, a history in web development when with other platforms but uh, just that long with WordPress what what just that's interesting what were your other platforms mine was always Drupal and Magento uh, I was more <laughs> classic ASP I did do a little oh, yeah. bit of stuff with Magento um, I don't know, about 10 years ago or so. I wasn't super proficient, but uh, just enough to be dangerous. Yeah, I, I got stung quite a lot of times playing with Magenta. <laughs> <laughs> and then I discovered WordPress and I figured that actually a lot of things were significantly easier. I mean, there was a different set of scope and, and a different arrangement of things that I could do with WordPress, but it, it met my needs. Were you immediately convinced with WordPress as soon as you caught sight of it? Yes, this is for me. Oh. Absolutely. I, the things that WordPress could do out of the box were things that I'd, you know, spent many, many hours trying to custom build in the past. I mean, just, you know, basic CMSs. Um, and so to have it free software that did all that just, just on install was, was amazing. I was hooked and have not really looked back. Yeah, that's kind of what happened to me. Actually, it's interesting. Drupal has a lot more features that are free that you can pack in with a, a native install. Um, so actually, at the beginning, I was a bit sort of puzzled by WordPress. And then I kind of figured it out. Uh, ah, there's plugins. You, you use all these plugins and you can pretty much restore any of the fun stuff that I was doing with Drupal. I kind of like the way it looked. I was drawn into the like the clean, polished look and the fact that everything looked as if it had been designed well. The current UI is the UI that I was basically dealing with when I got into it. I understand from looking at pictures that it didn't look quite as attractive uh, some years <laughs> ago. 
Um, but it's a lot nicer now. Now, getting on to like your use of WordPress, um, what, what, what do you use it for? I, I know that that sounds like a bit of a silly question, but are you um, are you currently building websites for people? Are you using it as a platform to promote businesses or marketing or courses or what have you? It's a bit of a leading question because I know that it's a, a broad answer that you'll you'll probably have to give from that. Uh, yeah, and you you hit on several of them. Um, when I first got into WordPress, I was using it as a uh, a platform to build client projects, and then also just you know for my own personal website and blogging, and uh, you know having a portfolio online. Uh, from there, in the I guess the past maybe eighteen months or so, I've I've moved away from uh, traditional kind of client services and, and building websites more into the education space. Um, so I've built membership sites and um, education or e-learning sites, I guess you would say. And mm. uh, of course, I have a site for my podcast. And that, the nerd in me uh, kind of likes building out those different little niche <laughs> niche yeah. sites. Do but you, yes, all in support of my business. Oh, so do you? Have you completely stopped eighteen months or so ago? You you no longer are looking for uh, development or building work for other people. Um, correct. Mm. It has to be a, a a pretty cherry project to uh, to take it on. Otherwise, my time is is pretty much well consumed uh, writing courses and doing the podcast. How did you how did you get to the point where it was no longer something you wanted to do to build websites? Because I think, I think it's fair to say that the majority of people working with WordPress are probably in some way, shape or form connected with building sites, which then get bought by somebody else down the line, whether it's for an agency or, you know, you're a freelancer. Because that, to me, it always feels like a scary moment. There's always times when I, I'm sure we're all the same, you know, oh, I should do a e-learning course or I should build something that I could sell off the back of WordPress. And, and I'm, I'm never, never made the move because uh, I think I'm a bit too scared. There must, did, did you get any of that, that fear of, right, I'm finally cutting away from building sites? Um, there wasn't the f- a fear per se. I think I've, in my career, uh, I've made multiple kind of leaps into new things. And um, I've always done that from a, there's always uncertainty, right? Mm. It, it may or may not work. I may or may may not be able to generate income with this. Um, but I've always started from a place. Uh, I'm kind of a I, like a squirrel squirrels away nuts. I, I tend to squirrel <laughs> away paychecks, and uh, <laughs> so that I have a little security net when I when I jump. Um, which you know, having a little bit of financial freedom lets me lets me make those leaps without fear of you know not being able to pay my bills yeah that's a good idea i need to be more clever with money that's probably the key here <laughs> hand to mouth <laughs> that's what it is but i mean we look at your website which is over at uh, carrie dills which is dot com, and we can see that over the past i mean i don't know how many of these um things you're currently engaged in but you you've really have like the span of what you 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 have done or are currently doing pretty much encompasses well everything that I know is <laughs> is attached in some way to WordPress. So you know you've got lots of business resources, articles. You've got uh, the the fearless freelancer, which we could talk about in a moment. You've they've got this the Office Hours FM podcast, and then like a slew of WordPress tutorials, and you've spent ages uh, honing your skills with the. Uh, with the Genesis framework, 
uh, web development course. I mean, wow. <laughs> are you like shiny object person? Do you, do you sort of hit on an idea and think, yeah, 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 going to build it, build it, and then just go for it and hope that it works out and abandon things that don't work? Or do you have all these things going on at the same time, trying to maintain them all? Um, I'm, I wouldn't consider myself shiny object, but I always like to be kind of learning something and experimenting. And, um, so while it looks like there's a lot going on, you know, the reality is over the past, uh, you know, however many years I'll build up one thing. And then once, once that ball is spinning and, and doing well, I'll kind of, you know, start in trying something else. Mm. Um, certainly some of those efforts have been simultaneous, but uh, like the blog, for instance, I, I'm not very good about blogging these days, uh, but I have a huge backlog of content. So it's, it's okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's, there's still plenty of stuff there, even if I'm not, you know, constantly adding to that library. So, and the same with the podcast, that's, uh, you know, you, I know you've been doing this podcast for a while and, um, for about four years, I've been doing the office hours podcast. And so even though I'm not pushing live episodes right now, I just, uh, finished season five, um, earlier this month. Uh, there's still just a huge backlog of, of, uh, episodes and, and content. So it looks like there's a lot out there, but it's just been kind of slowly built up over time. Um, you say that with all modesty and uh, I'm looking at your blog right now and the last post was on the 5th of June which is about 15 days ago which is which is none too shabby <laughs> if you were to if you were to look at I think the majority of blogs I guess that's a pretty pretty recent thing do you beat yourself up though if things like that become stale and if you let's say you haven't touched the blog for a couple of months or your your podcast efforts haven't uh, you haven't been doing anything recently do you are you fairly fairly laissez-faire about that or do you are you driven and you want to get the next thing going you know it's kind of mixed feelings at this point the blog uh it does generate affiliate revenue for me um not every blog post but you know there's enough in there that uh you know as long as i'm getting regular traffic to the blog that's generating some pretty consistent reliable cash and i have noted over the past uh, couple years as i've really kind of put the brakes on blogging um that the affiliate revenue drops off accordingly. Yes. <laughs> so it's kind of, you know, you have to feed the monster. Uh, so I, I, I feel like I'm leaving money on the table in a mm. sense. Uh, I know that if I am producing content that they're, you know, and providing value that people will come. And uh, so I kind of hate that, but at the same time, I don't want to work all the time. I get, mm. I'm, so I just let it be. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I've set myself with this podcast, I've set myself this sort of weekly schedule and I've tried to stick with it. And sometimes that can be really um, like difficult, basically, you know, life gets hmm. in the way and family and ordinary things, projects and so on. Um, so I don't know how the thing is, I've only got that, whereas you've got this sort of cornucopia, for want of a better word. Um, of thing, word. yeah, it is. Yeah, I'm quite <laughs> quite pleased with myself <laughs> for dragging that one out. Um, and so that that I can't imagine how you would manage all of these kind of things because simply my head wouldn't be able to cope with it. The podcast and my regular work is enough um, and keeps me keeps me entirely busy. 
but the idea of having courses and a blog and, and a podcast. How how often do you do the podcast? You mentioned seasons. Is that something uh, you like do five or six episodes and then release all of those in one big lump? Uh, so the first, I don't know, maybe a hundred or so episodes were uh, just like you're doing, showing up live every single week. Uh, and then... It, that got to be exhausting. Like you said, there's not a, a lot of flexibility if an emergency comes up mm-hmm. or, you know, life just happens. And uh, my friend Matt Medeiros, who runs the Matt Report podcast, yes, and yes. Plug and Tuts, he talked me into or mentioned uh, the beauty of going to seasons based. So, you know, the idea being that you kind of do all the effort in one big role, you yep. record the episodes, edit, etc. Uh, and then he's released his sort of Netflix style all at once in an entire season. And I've uh, dripped mine. I'll do 10 episodes and then drip them over the period of 10 weeks. Um, and I, that's, that has worked better for me because it lets me invest uh, my efforts kind of all at once and then write it out. <laughs> yeah. I, I, and let I, me move on and focus on something else, even while the podcast is, is still current. Yeah. I, I, I wonder about that for, for, for me, actually, it's something that I've, I've thought about and, and it, it hit on exactly the thing you said a moment ago, the, the idea of like a family emergency or something, nothing um, has happened in the time that we've been doing this, but the idea that that I'd, I'd feel a little bit of um, disappointment in myself, but if I set that up as you know, if I set it up so that it was seasons, I could at least have that have that sort of flexibility. Yeah. What um over the over the years with all these different things that you're doing, what's been your favoured thing? What's what's the thing that you kind of wake up in the morning and think, oh, if I had all day, that's the one thing that I'd be drawn drawn to, like blogging or website building or you know podcasting, whatever. You know, so I'm going to give you a roundabout answer. Um, it wasn't until maybe the last year that I, I was going to say education and courses. Nice. Uh, but as I think about it, I've been doing some form of educating all along. Yeah. I've just done it in different, I didn't call it that. I called it a podcast or I called them, you know, tutorials on my website. Um, but the most satisfying part is when I get emails or hear from people who have, um, you know, read a tutorial that helped them do something or took a course and they learned how to build a website or like these are total strangers and somehow they're coming across my material um, and finding it helpful and they're that's enabling them to do something they want to do. And I think that's just the coolest feeling in the world. Yeah. Um, and, you know, when I, I remember starting out as well and, and reading tons of, I still do read tons of, uh, you know, blogs and tutorials. So other people have played that role for me and I'm, I'm a stranger to them. Uh, but that's, that's the part that is motivating is knowing that you're uh, helping other people achieve their goals. I guess the nice thing about that is also, um, I, I don't know what the statistics are, but for every one person who actually writes you know, sits down and actually makes the effort to write a comment or write an email. There's, there's, there must be an awful lot more who've consumed the content and found it useful, but you know, just for one reason or another, didn't take the time to write the comment. Uh, it's like the tip of an iceberg. Uh, mm-hmm. That, that kind of keeps you going, doesn't it? 
Do you um do, do you have a thing which you're concentrating on right now? Uh, if we were to look at your calendar over the next few weeks, is there a, a particular thing that you're concentrating on? <laughs> yes. It is, uh, I have a, a Genesis child theme that I sell and it's long due for an update and I am working almost full time. Uh, yeah. That's got most of my effort right now. Um, re, revamping that to be Gutenberg ready. Um, it's going to be some some big changes. It's moving to an object oriented programming. Yep. Um, and PHP seven. So it's sort of a four, it's, it's all forward looking. And honestly, it's not kind of, it's not the kind of code I've been used to working with right. and I'm comfortable with. So it's, it's a big learning curve for me as I'm building it out. Uh, and I've had, uh, uh, the help of Gary Jones, uh, as a developer that stepped in and, and uh, and really helped me understand some of these things and and helped level me up as a developer, uh, but that's that's what I'm working on. I really would like to get that out um, this summer to coincide with the Gutenberg release. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and that's one again one of those efforts where it takes a lot of upfront time, but once it's out there and available for sale, mm. then it's it's generating uh, it's generating income, and it's not you know like. Uh, buckets of gold pouring in, but when you have enough of those little revenue streams, they they add up. Um, where where are we going to find this theme? You will find it at a right now. It lives at store.carriedills.com. Okay, and uh, don't even go look at it now. I mean, the, the, the theme is <laughs> the theme itself. I'm incredibly proud of, even in in its current version. Uh, but the the what my sales website is is pretty crappy oh, I see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah ignore the ignore the sales website the theme held within is fabulous do you um do, do you find it tough is that a tough proposition these days selling a theme because i mean it seems that where, wherever i turn there's themes some good some bad but there's an awful lot of new themes coming out all the time and do you have a like a, a loyal group of people who use your genesis child theme that you're kind of relying on or are you hoping for a new audience from this um i i think i'm hoping for a new audience mm. um of course i would love my existing customers to continue being customers um the, one of the in addition to the some of the order other features i was talking about really the the, the thing i'm most proud about with that theme is that it's uh accessibility ready and mm. when i originally released that theme i think there were there were no Genesis. It was the first fully accessible Genesis child theme. And if you looked in the WordPress repository uh, for themes tagged accessibility ready, there were like fewer than 20. Wow. Uh, wow. So, <laughs> so being part of, of bringing and you know, just playing my own little, little role of helping push web accessibility forward um, has been exciting to me. Uh, I forgot your original question. No, I think it's fine. I just started I, talking. I, I normally forget what I've just asked. Oh, well. yeah, oh, the 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 business end of it. Yes. So it's a hard road to hoe. I mean, it's 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 not like the heyday of early WordPress where you just yeah. put out a bunch yeah. of themes and they come. Um, so it there it's it's not easy 
to make money with unless mm. you're a huge established theme house like mm. a studio or an, an Envato marketplace. Um, that said, the fact that I'm a developer and pretty nitpicky about the code uh, just makes it even like I care about the quality of things like spaces and tabs and formatting that a lot of people that are shopping for themes could not care less about. Yes. <laughs> so yeah. I spend a lot of time on things that ultimately may not return uh, value to me in a monetary sense. But, but it I, looks good. It looks it, good it, on the, it looks good in the boy, IDE. Good. <laughs> Everything's nested. It looks, <laughs> it looks perfect. And the comments are all, uh, yeah, yeah, just beautifully formatted. <laughs> it's perfect. I think that's the kind of thing, uh, to be honest with you, I'm, Whenever I shop around for anything related to WordPress, the the crucial thing that makes me open my wallet is not necessarily how it looks. That I have this sort of balance of the ethics of the person, the the sort of longevity of it, and um, and the quality of it. And one of the things that I do spend time looking at is poking around in the code and having a look. Um, and I do a little bit of background research and figure out, you know, where these guys have come from and how long they've been doing it. And sometimes even go as far as to sort of, you know, find them on Facebook and things and see, see, see what they're, uh, see what they've been saying. Um, cause I think all of that stuff is really illustrative. Um, one of the p blog posts that you wrote really recently was about, um, Beaver Builder, which is a product I'm a heavy user of. Um, and the reason that I opted for that one amongst other things was the guys who make it. Um, I just found them to be really kind of moral and upright and kind of doing the right thing and not, not dragging in a whole bunch of features, whiz bang features. That's, that was all important to me. Sorry, that was just a diatribe, wasn't it? <laughs> no, that's what, hey, I've got a lot of love for the, uh, the beaver builder builders. Yeah. Um, yeah. those are, Great guys. Yeah, really. Great nice. guys and a good product. And talking about looking at, at really nice code, uh, their code is incredibly well documented. <laughs> yeah, and and I just I also just like the fact that the, the they're not into the the features. You know, oh, that's a stupid thing to say. What I mean by that is they don't rush things out because everybody else is rushing something out. It's all stable, and uh, I can click that update button really really safe in the knowledge that nothing's going to break and they could really really break things if they <laughs> wanted to um yeah anyway uh, speaking of that page builders that sort of segues nicely into something i wanted to talk about do, do you do you feel that things like genesis which i confess when i came into the wordpress arena things like genesis were were really being talked out about rather a lot and and somehow i do not remember how I ended up going down the, the road of uh, page builders and getting consumed by that because I was just beguiled by mm -hmm. how straightforward it was. And I just loved it. I could achieve so much in such a relatively straightforward uh, amount of time. Um, do you think that things like Genesis with Gutenberg um, are going to make a bit of a resurgence in the next six months or so? Um, I still think there's... A product like Beaver Builder or, or any page builder for that matter, and then a product like Genesis, even with Gutenberg support, I think they just reach different audiences with mm. different goals. Mm. Um, so I don't I don't necessarily see uh, one at the expense of the other. I think there's a place in the market for both. I, I realize that probably sounds like a politic comment, but <laughs> no, <laughs> it really no, is it's, it's my belief. Yeah. 
Do you um do you have high hopes for Genesis? Oh, sorry, Gutenberg. I mean, I know that we had um we actually had Tammy Lister on uh, last week. Oh yes. Yeah. Um and and she you know she just spoke so effortlessly about all of the the team that were working on it and all of the uh, developments that have been going going on over time and it just made me feel like it, I just got that same sense you know there's people who really believe in what they're doing and are really looking out trying to make the best thing for all of us um, but we've had so many so many comments over the last year you know the 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 sky's falling in and so on <laughs> I'm really buoyant about it I think everything that I'm seeing recently makes me very pleased what are your thoughts on it um, I was really pleased to hear Mullenweg's comments at, at uh, I was not at uh, WCEU yeah, but, the other day, uh, yeah. just reading the and you know he actually set out what I'm hoping is an accurate roadmap um, and let me give you an example from my own life. I have, <laughs> I have a, a course, a wordpress.com training course over on, uh, lynda.com. Linda, yes. And that course is maybe, maybe two, three years old. But once we learned that, you know, once Gutenberg was all of a sudden being talked about, it's like, okay, well this, this course is going to need a refresh. It is. Um, cause even though wordpress.com is, you know, uses Calypso, the, the, thought or the conjecture was eventually that will incorporate Gutenberg yep. uh, as well. So I've had a remake of that course on the books for a full year now. Mm. And it keeps getting pushed back, pushed back. And just because there's no information about when Gutenberg will actually be available. Um, and once it's available, then how long until it's, it, you know, up and running is part of Calypso. Mm. And it's just this, this question mark. Um, and that's a very, you know, small thing. Take all the people that have WordPress based plugins and themes. And I've, I have been frustrated with the lack of communication about mm. a roadmap and, and giving uh, the development community and even the client services community a chance to wrap their head around understanding it themselves, incorporating it and testing it in their product, rolling it out into client websites. Uh, it's just we've been operating without a ton of information. And so with Mullenweg to come out uh, last week and, and actually give a timeline, uh, that was that was very encouraging to me. Mm. It was... Um... I come from the point of view of somebody who hasn't built a product or a course or a plugin or any of that stuff. And I'm just excited because for me, all I'll have to do is click a button and play with it, you know, and build websites <laughs> with it. And But I, I get it. That must, that must have been um, deeply frustrating. Do you, did you lose some trust over that? Are you, are you concerned that the timeline is sort of anecdotal or are you, are you figuring that timeline is now he's said it, that's what's going to happen. Well, it's the most straightforward thing that's mm. been said yet. Mm. Um, I mean, he's put out timelines in the past, but they, we've blown by them. And uh, the, this one actually seemed more well thought out. Like, here's here's where we're going to actually freeze development. Here's yep. where we're going to give people a chance to. And, and granted, it's 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 a pretty tight timeline. It for, is actually, uh, yeah, I'd agree. People yeah. to get their their act together, but at least it's 
it, you know, at least there's some time carved out for it before it, it goes live. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, we could get into a whole other can of worms with confidence and, uh, <laughs> is <laughs> a little bit maybe maybe there's a little bit over time you see this is the sort of interesting thing that comes out with chats from people who've been uh, a user of wordpress at a at a high level for longer than i have because the last 3 years apart from this gutenberg blip the last 3 years have been you know it's, it's not nothing dramatic appears to you know there was no no sort of like seismic shift but you've probably seen some of this before, as you, as you alluded to a moment ago. You know, you've you've had things promised. Um, does does this feel like one of those big moments? You know, or or do you think um, do you think a year from now everything will be calm and normal again? <laughs> I have no crystal ball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I just hope. I really do hope because I I love the way it looks. Uh, like I said, I've been a big a big user of page builders and things like that, and I I really like what what it's going to do. There's an awful lot of product I think that's going to come around mm-hmm. building um, building pages and posts and what have you, little blocks, uh, you know, suites of blocks and all of that kind of thing. But interested, so you you feel confident enough now that he said those words to get back into your Genesis child theme and start development again. Absolutely. And I, uh, I had started the process already, but now that there's a firm timeline, it's kind of increased my desire to, uh, to get that hammered out. But, you know, one thing to remember as we talk about this, Nathan, like we are the 1% yes. uh, of yeah. people who care <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or even know that these things are happening. Yeah, uh, right, the, right, right, right. The vast majority of people that are using WordPress and enjoying it as a platform uh, have no idea and don't need to have an idea yes. of sort of the, all the things that happen behind the scenes. Um, so, you know, when you ask about, you know, calm waters or, or, or that, I think that as a platform, it's incredibly stable in the way that, it, you know, in, in that users can be incredibly confident in it. I think it's just, uh, the very minority of us that are involved in sort of the minutiae that get worked up. <laughs> um, I, I completely, yeah, I, I agree with that, you know, in the sense that uh, the 1% are just you, the 1% are like you are doing things complicated with it. Then there's a, a smaller, possibly a larger percentage like me who are building things uh, with it. So we're not actually uh, delving too deeply into the code and what have you. And then there's the other 90 whatever percent who just want to be able to log in, write stuff, <laughs> click publish and be done with it. And I think for them, exactly. it's, I think for them, it's going to be. Super cool, so long as things don't break. <laughs> um, I'd be really interested in a quick delve into what it means when you have to update this um, this theme, child theme of yours, on a sort of moderately technical level with Gutenberg coming around the corner. What, what, what do you have to actually do to prepare for it? Yeah, so it's actually not as, thankfully, a lot of, People and I, I can provide you some links for show notes, but mm. I don't have names off the uh, top of my head. But a lot of people have written some very helpful content about how to kind of get your theme ready or your plugin ready for Gutenberg. Um, and it's not overly complex. There's basically, uh, as far as theme support goes, um, you can add theme support for wide images, uh, which span so imagine you have a container for your 
content and a wide image would uh, bleed out over that a little bit, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, or a full width image, which would go edge to edge to the browser. Um, and then you would have to include the styles to support that capability. Um, and then that Gutenberg comes, it has its own styles. So if, if I did nothing to my theme and somebody activated Gutenberg, uh, or the Gutenberg plugin, um, they would still be able to use Gutenberg, uh, no problem. Um, but the look of it would not match my theme. Mm. Um, and when they're in the Gutenberg editor, I guess you'd call it a Gutenberg editor, your yeah. text editor. Yeah. Um, it would again, not match the theme. So really it's as far as themes go, it's pretty much about adding support for that, uh, for that wide image. Um, and then styling out all the different blocks for both the editor and then the front end view. It seems like um, you just made it sound like trivially easy. I'm sure you're being kind of modest. I'm sure maybe there's a little bit more com- complexity for somebody like me. I mean, I'd be dead in the water, frankly. But uh, it seems almost like there's for somebody like you um, who are creating courses and are producing podcasts and so on and so forth, it kind of feels like almost a bit of a reset time. And there's a lot more opportunity to create new and interesting content because all of a sudden... A big fundamental part of WordPress has changed. Do you do you sort of have any plans in the Gutenberg direction for tutorials, courses, podcasts, and all of that kind of stuff? Uh, nothing specific yet, other than I just kind of look forward to to playing with it. Mm. Uh, but I think it is exciting because a lot of things, you know, if you wanted to get some special layouts, uh, like for instance, if you wanted to have a call out box in the middle of a blog post that. Uh, you know, had a special color background and was an alert of some sort or, you know, I don't know, any sort of call out. Mm. Uh, You would have to go put HTML markup or a short code in to your text editor. So you'd have to get out of visual editing mode, go into the text editor, put that HTML in there, and then hope that you remember at some point not to accidentally overwrite that. Um, So it's just sort of, you've got this really slick platform in WordPress and then that was just sort of janky. Uh, so with Gutenberg, I'm looking forward to being able to add some of these kind of nice components in the middle of a blog post or in the, as part of the content without having to create a custom template or go, you know, drop manual code into, uh, into the text. So, um, yeah, really just looking forward to playing with it. And I'll, I'll leave the writing the tutorials and, and podcasting about it uh, to other people for now. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, <laughs> really, do, do you, have you decided to pause on the podcasting and pause a bit more on the tutorials for this kind of stuff? I would have thought, um, just looking at your past, that that would have been, uh, yeah, a, a, an area of an area of expertise for you. But maybe not. Let, let somebody else do it. Maybe even me. You never know. Hey, it's all yours. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much, Gottenberg. It's all mine. Um, do you having? I, I'm going to use the word spreading yourself thin. That's that's probably an incorrect uh, analogy. But having so many irons in the fire, as we've described a couple of times mm-hmm. already, do you do you find that a, a difficult thing to manage? Do you um, sort of 
Can you keep those balls juggling in the air all at once, or do you? Um, does it take a strain? Uh, as I said earlier, you know, just doing this podcast for me is 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 enough. I think anything. If I try to do a second podcast, for example, or a, a, a blog consistently, I think it would. I think it would. Um, yeah, render render all of my things difficult and would would have a strain on me. Is 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 that something you you sort of feature of your life or? Uh, it is. I've had to get better at managing my time and blocking my time to work on one thing. Um, so like t- today's going to be a writing day. I'm not going to do any code today. I've just got stuff to, to write uh, for an upcoming course. And tomorrow I'll be back working on coding for my theme um, just as, as an example. So trying to get the most bang for my buck in terms of getting my brain in a certain mode mm. and then giving myself a good chunk of time mm. for deep work on that. Um, and then <clears throat> something else that I've committed to in, in 2018 was the idea of no one off efforts. So everything that I do, for instance, you mentioned that post on my blog earlier about Beaver Builder. Uh, that was a case study from a client project I did. Mm-hmm. Um, other recent blog posts have been recaps of podcast episodes. Um, I'm even, I, this isn't on my website yet, I don't think, but I'm working on a book oh, yeah. <laughs> for, yeah. for freelancers. And yeah. that is a, a, a reworking of some old blog post, a reworking of some courses that I have. Um, so in other words, everything I do, I want to be able to reuse it in at least one other way uh, so that it doesn't f- feel like I'm, I've am i got, you know, 13 different things going on. Yeah, yeah. In, in reality, it's, <clears throat> it's less going on. I'm just publishing them in uh, different formats, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. And all, to be honest with you, the, the way that my brain works is I, I, I kind of fixate on one thing at once and I have to do that thing until it mm. – I don't know what – some major fault in my head but I've kind of got to finish the thing that I started I don't know why that is but I, do. I think that's a good that's a good quality oh it's a killer <laughs> honestly it's a I mean if something's big you can you imagine you know if something takes a long time I somehow get obsessed with that and I'm really unable to flit to do a day on this and a day on that I mean I can uh, but it's I it, I don't like it there's something on mm. I feel uneasy about it um, but I guess if you've got that capacity, it, it makes the week a bit more interesting if you're doing a day on this and a day on that and a day on the other thing. At least there's a bit of variety, whereas I'm stuck in the same thing for, for three months at a time. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, different. We're all, we're, we are all different, that's for sure. Where can, um, where can we find your uh, stuff? What's the best place to find Carrie Dills online, whether that be Twitter or your courses? Um, essentially, what I'm saying Carrie is, would you like to plug things for a couple of minutes? <laughs> oh, I'm, uh, why, yes. CarrieDills.com is sort of the central hub of activity. Uh, if someone's listening and they're a freelancer, um, head over to Facebook. I have a, a, a free group called the Fearless Freelancer, which is just a community for uh, people who are either currently making a living free time or think or full time or thinking about uh, making the leap from 
uh, full-time employment into self-employment and meant to be a support community. So you can, you can find me in either one of those places and uh, would love to say hello to anybody that's listening. That's a cool thing. That is that something again, is that like a, something that you did that you felt a need for because you had, you know, been through those problems and supporting each other is a good way of doing it. Absolutely. Yeah. We, <laughs> my little, the, the little Facebook group that David and I run um, around this podcast tends to coagulate around those kind of things. You know, there are, there are lots of posts that come up about, about exactly that thing and just sharing it can sometimes be the, the, the quickest way to offload it. I think oh, that's cool. What was that again? I'm going to go and join as soon as this is yeah. finished. <laughs> the fearless freelancer. So right. it's the same name as I also have the, the site, the fearless freelancer.com with my courses. Yep. Uh, but this is just meant to be a supplemental community where, uh, people can get in and, and get to know me and get to know some other freelancers. It's a desperately isolating job this sometimes. And, um, and yeah, it, it's a really, a really beneficial thing for you to be doing. Thank you very much. Carrie Dills, our time is up, I'm afraid to say. Thank you for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Thank you for chatting with me. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, you're very welcome.